0: can't believe it's almost the new year. As you know, we've been taking a break because we're about to release some fresh new content in the new year. This week, I wanted to bring back this episode as a replay because as mujeres, as women, we sacrifice so much giving up our jobs, etc., which can impact our long-term savings. Learn more on what this really means with this powerful interview. And don't forget to sign up for the waitlist for our new limited series private podcast where we will explore why budgeting is so misunderstood and how you can make it work for you once and for all. You can get notified by submitting your info to jenhemphill.com forward slash limited. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash limited. Okay, now for the replay. Que lo disfrutes and happy new year. Now this episode you are going to absolutely love, especially if you, like me, left the workforce to take care of a child or an aging parent or you military spouses, my military spouse sisters, maybe you got to a place and things were a little challenging in the career area. Or maybe you just wanted to take a pause for whatever reasons. I know the current millennials are really good about that. They want to travel the world. So whatever it is, this is a fantastic episode in talking to Lisa and Stromberg. This is one of those interviews that I've done. That I wanted to continue asking her questions. That's how much I was just floored. My mind was just blown. I was just wanted to continue to know more, but I had to stop the interview at a certain point, right? So in this interview, what you're going to learn is what exactly pausing is and why owning it is so important. You're also going to learn the lessons that she learned after taking a pause in the workforce to be at home with her children. And she's going to share what still hasn't changed in the workforce and what she means by human capital and why it matters. Now, After a successful career in marketing and advertising, Lisa Stromberg left the business world frustrated by the lack of support for mothers and in the workplace. She pivoted to become an award-winning journalist whose work can be found in the New York Times, Fortune, Newsweek, Salon, and other high-profile media outlets. Now, Leeson is back to her business roots as a CEO and founder of Prism Work, a culture innovation consultancy. She has inspired thousands with her tasks, talks on work and life integration and has been seen on stage at SXSW, TEDx, the 3% conference and more. So I can't wait for you to meet Leeson Stromberg. Let's get to it. Welcome, Lisa Stromberg, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today and everything that you're about. It's, I'm telling you, like I mentioned before we started recording, what you're doing completely captivated me. So I'm excited to
1: chat with you more about this. It's a pleasure to be here, Jim. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for being
0: here. Now, I wanted to first talk about you, how you grew up around money. So tell us a little bit about your money story.
1: Mm, well, I got my first job when I was 13. I lied and said I was 16 and started (laughs) working at an ice cream parlor (laughs) because I understood that for me, money is freedom. That being able to earn your own money, being able to manage your own money, to be able to have and be empowered around money to me was freedom. And I learned that at a very young age and believe it to this day.
0: And how did you learn that? What messages or what observations did you see that told you this is what money is? Money is freedom.
1: Well, I came from a long line of entrepreneurs who had done well. My father himself was not an entrepreneur. He was actually a very successful lawyer and then a very successful businessman. But his father was an entrepreneur. And just in talking with him about the freedom that his father had by setting his own pace and doing all those things, that was very inspiring to me. The other thing was my mom was a stay at home mom, and I watched as she tried to negotiate and navigate, not earning. money and sort of what that meant for her. And as much as she was a phenomenal stay at home mom, I also knew I wanted to make sure I had resources available to me. And I was always going to be nurturing my career, whether I was in the paid workforce or not.
0: Right. So you were pretty brought up what you saw, observed, heard, really instilled an independence in you.
1: Absolutely, I love just, that. Independence, both in terms of my professional life, but also in terms of how I wanted to manage my money and how I wanted to partner with my husband around money. You know, I just felt like that matters.
0: Right. Absolutely. So were there any money conversations that your parents ever sit down with you and talk to you about money, talk to you about budgeting, those type of things? Or what, what happened in the trans mm-hmm. course of your life?
1: I don't know if you'll have to edit this out, but in our household, we were okay talking about sex, but boy, you didn't talk about money. That was <laughs> the, the, the secret. <laughs> so, it's still true today. It's like it's, such a taboo that, subject. It is, and I just don't understand why. So as a parent, I feel very committed to making sure my children are empowered around money and you know, feel that they have a relationship with money that's healthy and that they can actually find out where they can earn it and how they can earn it and what they do, because I think that's just how a healthy adulthood is.
0: Right, right. And now let's talk about your book. Your book is called Work, Pause, Thrive. And like I mentioned, it completely captivated me just because that's what I have done as a military spouse. So tell us how that came to be. Why did you write that book?
1: Well, I love that you are the embodiment of the trailblazing women I interviewed. So here's what happened. And you truly are, Jen. <laughs> oh, thank you inspiring. so much. So here's what happened. Lean In came out and the movement around how do we advance women and all of that happened. And I was just thrilled that we were having those conversations. But meanwhile, so many younger women were coming to me and asking me for advice about how they could integrate kids with carriers, et cetera. But I knew both in my own personal life and the people around me that many highly successful women had actually for periods of their career downshifted a little bit and then powered forward. But those conversations weren't being had. So I decided because I'm a bit of a nerd, I wanted data. <laughs> so I actually went out on a campaign to get the data. I actually interviewed 186 women and then surveyed 1,500 more to find out. Wow. Yes, how are women integrating kids with careers? Now, the only caveat is when I interviewed... Survey these women is, one, they had to be moms, and two, they had to be college educated. And the reason I did that is that those were the women who we were told should be at the top of the ladder, wherever that was. So I wanted to understand why are, are they or are they not? Like, what's going on? Here's what was astounding to me. 72% of respondents shared that they had actually downshifted or completely left the paid workforce at some point in their careers. What was interesting in my interviews is many of very highly successful women weren't even owning their pauses. Those were kind of things that happened in the background. They weren't really part of their careers. Oh, that year and a half I took off because my mother was ill and I had to care for her. Oh, that wasn't a pause. That was just what I did for that. Well, that looked like a pause to me. Right. what I realized is we have a deep-seated bias against caregiving. And as a result, we're not owning our own truth and our own stories. And I wanted to break that open and say, you women are rocking it. Because the workplace is challenging for those of us with caregiving responsibilities, which, by the way, is all of us. Right. And so, as a result, we have to innovate and trailblaze and reinvent and create our own truth. And we're doing it. And that's the story I wanted to get out there. So, the next generation knows you can do it. You can be Jen Hempel and create, you know, go out there and create an amazing thing and do all this. Don't let anything hold you back.
0: Right. No, I love that. So, you really named the book Work, Pause, thrive. So Mm. pausing is when you leave the workforce, whether intentionally or unintentionally, depending on what's going on. So the thrive part, take us through the thrive part is when you come back and you are an innovator or what, tell us a little bit about how the thrive part looks
1: like. Absolutely. But let me start with the pause itself. Sure. I didn't presume to know what people would define as a pause. I let them define it. One woman who worked 80-hour work weeks and downshifted to 40, to her that was a pause. (laughs) Another woman left for 15 years, the paid workforce completely. So I think pausing is what we make of it for ourselves. I would never want to impose my definition of a pause. Predominantly, however, the woman I interviewed actually downshifted to work, reduced hours, pretty reduced hours, you know, 30 hours a week or less, or completely left the paid workforce. So let me just be clear on that. Right. But here's what was so inspiring So you go out there and you hear about, quote unquote, opt out moms and all that. And, you know, what a shame they're losing all this talent. Well, guess what? These women are innovating the most amazing ways. They're either boomeranging back. So there's one group subset called boomerangs that I've discovered. They boomerang back to their previous careers, previous industries, and they rock it. An example of the woman who's out for 15 years, Andrea Tremayev at JP Morgan. She's a vice president of wealth management now. She was out for 15 years. She's now back there rocking it. And I asked her, gosh, you know, Andrea, how does it feel? Do people know that you were out that long? She laughed. She goes, I don't think anyone even knows. It's (laughs) what I'm doing for them today. Right? Right. Those stories aren't out there. Now, There's also women who use that pause to pivot. You're a perfect example. I would say another example is my friend Lee Carhar. Her mother was quite ill. She was a primary breadwinner in her family. She worked for a huge PR conglomerate and very senior, did, you know, phenomenal career. Then her mother got quite ill and just, it was the right thing for her to do to downshift. So she downshifted, left her job there, did some consulting to keep her, you know, money coming in, but really focused on helping her mom through her end of life. That inspired Lee to actually shift her careers completely and start her own business. Now she's a very successful entrepreneur. She has a huge PR agency, Boston, New York, and, and San Francisco, which may never have happened if she didn't, ha- didn't pause her career. And that was, what, for me, so insightful, is that those pausing moments ended up being these springboards to a whole different way of being in the world, if you will,
0: Right. And nowadays the possibilities are so much more. So I've been married for almost 17 years. So when we started. Oh, thank you so much. So when we started off and we made that decision, cause we had our first child two years into our marriage, the possibilities of work, uh, part-time work, I was like trying to figure out what can I do? So I was doing some consulting work that involves some research and doing those type of things. But now years later, I'm like, if I had then the opportunities that people have now, oh, my gosh, that would have been so amazing. I mean, there's just so much that you can do nowadays to really build your career or continue the career to really have it all. (laughs) Have your cake and eat it, too.
1: Well, so, yes, my answer back is a couple of things. One, the technology has finally caught up to the reality of what we women want, Now, not every woman wants this path. Many, many women are very happy within a corporate structure or whatever. But if you have an entrepreneurial event, it's available to you now in a way that truly wasn't 15 years ago, let's say. So that's really awesome. The second thing is we're seeing with millennials a huge movement towards a gig economy working, meaning they're the go generation that says, you're not doing this for me, I'm out of here, I'll go consult somewhere else and I'll figure it out. That's setting a tone for allowing for this, transitory workforce, if you will, this, I'll work full time with you for five years. Oh, now I'm going to do a gig economy type thing. I'm going to be a gig worker for a while and have my own thing. Then I'm going to go and be an entrepreneur. And then I'm going to go back full time. It's just the way we work is changing, which means, which is the one piece of advice I give everyone I talk to, which is you're going to have a career for the rest of your life, always nurture it, whether you're in the paid workforce or not. That's the way I look at it.
0: So true. So true. And you bring up a good point with the millennials. I mean, they literally, their pauses is like, I'm gonna go travel around the world for you just because I want to right? Right.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So how have you seen? Because I know one thing that's important to you that I have read is, the support of moms in the workforce or the lack of right and how do you think that has shifted over the years and what do you see because of the new generation the millennials or the millennial generation there's generations of course newer than that how do you see that shifting in
1: the future so it's so fascinating if you had asked me this exact question three years ago i would have just been off the deep end with frustration that nothing has changed that we still have so little maternity leave, that there are no on-ramping support systems for women who have you know, downshifted, that we don't have returnship opportunities. And literally, since I started writing the book in 2015 and where we are today, there's been an explosion of change. One, we're seeing a lot of really forward-thinking companies realize that six weeks maternity leave on a 60% salary, or if you're lucky, is not enough, right? Right. So that's that we're seeing real changes around maternity leave. We're seeing more and more companies offering and men taking paternity leave. Then yes. we're seeing, Which is so exciting. And then we're seeing also a real movement around on ramping support. Okay. So, for example, if I went after I'd spent four months in bed rest and had a child, you know, and it was so challenging, if my boss and my company had said, Lisa, this has been tough. We want to support you. How about you transition back in, work three days a week for the first three months you know, four days and so on and so forth, that would have made all of the difference for me. But that wasn't an option. It was, you know, 24 seven or not at all. And it's that all in or not at all mentality, which certainly doesn't work for mothers. And I'll tell you, it doesn't work for millennials. They're just not interested in doing that anymore. They want to work, but they don't want to be in the office all the time. And so we're seeing more and more flexibility happen, more and more companies they have to offer, maybe FaceTime is sort of beginning to go away. We're seeing more and more companies say, yeah, if you want to work from home today, you go for it. Because I believe you're going to get work done. And I'm not worried about that.
0: Yes, I've seen that a lot. The teleworking, just talking to my cousins here in DC is just so, I'm sure everywhere else too, but I've seen it so often. Oh, I'm just working from home today. I'm like, oh, I didn't have that option. right? <laughs> I had the option of working, what is it, 14 hours and having one day off of, during the week. <laughs> so that definitely has uh, shifted from my time in the workforce, but that was a, a while
1: ago. <laughs> but here's what hasn't changed.
0: taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you this show relies on your support to continue to grow if you get a ton of value it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to share with a friend and give us a quick and honest review gracias y te mando muchos abrazos
1: Hasn't changed is the deep seated bias we have against mothers in the workforce. We still believe that women who are in the workforce that they aren't as productive, that they're distracted. I mean, all this research shows that we don't think of them as being as promotable. We don't think of them as being managerial or leadership possibilities. We don't pay them as much. You know that whole statistic around nine. You know, seventy eight percent of women. Mm -hmm. You know, to the man's dollar. Well, if you're a woman without children. You make 94 cents to a man without a dollar. Yeah. Well, I should say, be specific, white women, let's be clear. The answer is there's a lot of reality that has not changed and still work needs to be done around the biases that we have in that arena.
0: No, definitely. What do you think will take, what kind of work do you think it'll take to gain some traction and some progress? Obviously, it's not an overnight (laughs) thing by all means, but what kind of work do you think needs to happen?
1: Well, the exciting thing is, I already think it's beginning to happen. Look, I get calls all the time in my consulting work, my day job right now, which I love. I'm the COO of the 3% movement. We work with the advertising industry to advance women in leadership. And love so it. I know it's just fantastic. And because there's a the
0: huge before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal. I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you.
1: Right, 39% Mm -hmm. of women in advertising, according to our research, are mothers. That's it. The national average for college-educated women is 80. There's a problem, right? They're desperate because their clients are saying, the brands are saying, we expect you to have 50-50% representation because that's who the buyers are, by the way. Exactly. Women Women. predominantly (laughs) right. Women are the (laughs) purchasing. 85% of purchasing decisions are led by women as a result. If you, the brand, aren't speaking their language, you got a problem. So if you're the advertising agency that are that's feeding the brand that don't have women on your team, you got a problem. Exactly. So it's being these are business decisions, these aren't social responsibility. Oh, let's do this because it's a nice thing decisions. So we're seeing a real shift to an awareness that this is a business problem, not a woman's problem. And when that happens, real change is gonna happen. It's gonna happen fast.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm really enjoying it. I'm just like geeking out over this conversation. <laughs> i'm enjoying i enjoyed it (laughs) that is fascinating and i want to reel it back to you i Mm. wanted to learn more about you and because what my audience loves is hearing besides the money story but hearing more about money challenges Mm. or things that you're good at money so what would you say is what do you do well with money
1: well, I'll tell you what I don't do well. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> so here's what happened. When I quit my job, and it was a big job, here's a little insight. My husband was in tech marketing. I was a VP of an advertising agency. He was a product manager. He was making $75,000 more. He didn't have five people reporting to him, and he wasn't a VP, right? Just to show no, there's two different industries. I get that. But just to give you the comparative set of what was happening, And also what's also interesting is men at my level had stay-at-home wives, which we couldn't have had a stay-at-home husband on my salary. So there was clearly some pay equity stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So what I didn't do at the time, which I wish I had done, was get really informed about what I should be paid properly and negotiate for a great salary that was what I needed and my family needed. You know, I love the whole concept of Tiger Mom in some ways. I don't love it for a lot of other reasons. But the one part of Tiger Mom I really love is you muck with the money, you're mucking with my family. Mm -hmm. So if you're not paying me fairly, we got a problem. So I got really empowered around what I believe I should be paid, what my family needs. And I'm willing to forego opportunities if it doesn't bring in what I think is the right pay, if it doesn't feel fair. So I'm willing to take the risk and have courage around that. And that has actually been a great thing for me to be able to say no is so empowering. Absolutely. Uh, You know, So what I don't do well is plan, which I did or ask for what I needed at the time, but I'm getting better and better at that. The thing I did do well is I always kept in mind, even when I wasn't earning a salary, which wasn't for very long, by the way, but even when I wasn't earning a salary, I always maintained my insurance. I paid into my 401k or my IRA as the case may be. I was really conscious of the fact that I wasn't earning, but my husband was, and we're a joint family, and I should be paying into my IRA because I need to support myself in that way. So I I didn't give up on that. And that's the other thing I advise in my book is don't give up on that. Now here's what I also didn't do well. (laughs) It's gonna cost me so much money to educate my three children. I think we were at we were doing them running the numbers, and we're thinking that pre tax whatever, maybe over a million dollars. I think I have the details in the book. I'm in such denial about it. I can't even (laughs) (laughs) go. Now, when I quit my job, I didn't run the numbers to figure out that analysis of what does it mean and how we were going to pay for college. Now, my children could take out loans, but my goal and dream is that they graduate from college without loans because Mm -hmm. that's what my parents gave me. My husband had $250,000 in loan and it was really painful for us to start our, our marriage out that way, which was great. I mean, we figured it out. I think we paid my, our last school loan on my 35th birthday, which is, woohoo, let's celebrate. Yeah. Point being, though, I didn't take that into consideration when I left my job. And I think that was irresponsible of me to not think about the next generation, how I can financially support them. And so if I can give any piece of advice to your listeners, just remember that your human capital matters. And whether you're in oh the paid workforce or not, support your human capital.
0: That is so powerful right there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, yes, and and that's stuff that we don't think about because we're as women, and I know I probably sound to my listeners like a broken record, we tend to take care of everyone else first, before we think of us. And even though in retrospect, like what you're saying is you weren't thinking of them, but at the time, that's you were right, you were thinking of the then and the now of what you needed to do. And you weren't thinking it because you were worried about the then and the now. And that was taking you being there for your kids at home. But I really love that you brought that up, because that is a good point is, The money that you're making and then you decide to pause, that adds up over time. So that can make a difference.
1: In Work, Pause, Thrive, there is a link to a calculator that allows you to calculate. Here's my salary today. Here's my bonus today. Here's what I contribute to my 401k, except social security. And you can literally look at that and evaluate if I'm out one year, two years, five years, 10 years, what are the implications and what's the lost Mm -hmm. revenue? That's and this is in your book. It's in the book, it's in the chapter called Money Matters Plan Accordingly. How's that? I like it. (laughs) Yeah, if I had had that link, I'm not sure I would have changed my path, but I might have been much more strategic about it. And you know, you can't go back, but you can go forward with information. And so, I'd love to empower your listeners to be thinking about this. Okay, I love
0: that. No, that is powerful. And I love that you have that tool because just plugging that in and just seeing that you, like you said, you can plan around that you can plan ahead if you I mean granted kids aren't always planned (laughs) but if they are or if you already have a time frame in mind of when you potentially want to have kids then you can start thinking about that ahead of time and do the planning and either uh, aggressively save invest those type of things for the time that you will be out and having that tool that definitely makes a difference love that. So you mentioned what you do well with money, what you didn't do well with money. What would you say has been the best money you've spent, hands down?
1: Childcare. I mean, what's heartbreaking to me is that we don't have universal, high-quality childcare in this country. As a result, for the book, for Work Pause Thrive, I talked to a, a slew of millennials who are forced, are being shoved out of the workplace because they can't afford their student loans coupled with childcare. Because the cost of child care in this country is so high. Oof, it's very high. It's heartbreaking, right? And of course, because women are paid less than men on most cases, the reality is that when a couple looks at the balance sheet, they say, well, it makes more sense for him. He's got a higher earning potential. So I'll step back, which of course compounds the problem, right? Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. the me- I think the best thing I spent money on was high quality child care. We had a nanny um, that lived with us for a while. We were lucky to be able to have that. She ended up not being able to live with us. And then we ended up trying child daycare. That didn't work. But we ended up finding someone nearby who could babysit the kids or, you know, watch the kids. To me, that was absolutely the best money my husband and I spent was finding the right person and then investing in that.
0: Love that. Yeah. And definitely that childcare, some of the clients that I've worked with, the amount that's going out in childcare, so near what they're paying in a mortgage it's mm-hmm. just astounding. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a huge chunk of the budget or the money that they're spending every month. And and I'm curious, what tools do you use to manage your finances? Are you a spreadsheet type of person? Do you use a <laughs> type of software or you're just the traditional I'm writing it down on a notebook?
1: No, I'm not. My husband and I use Quicken. We're a Quicken we're Quicken fans. We're also kind of nerdy. Back to that nerd theme for the day. (laughs) We have a pro forma. We have a one-year, five-year, 10-year, 20-year pro forma. And we plug our inputs in probably every other month, kind of keeping ourselves honest. Like, this is what we spent this month. What does it look Mm -hmm. like? My husband would like to do it every month. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I don't want to go there. So yeah, we try to be on it. Now, that wasn't always the case. And here's what I would say. When I, the lesson learned, like, what did I do wrong? When I wasn't earning, you know, money for, again, not for very long, but still when I wasn't doing it, it's almost like I put it out in the back burner. I wasn't as attentive to managing our money overall. And if I could change anything and go back around money, I would definitely just be much more responsible. Okay, this is what's coming in each month. How are we managing it? What are we doing? You know, what can we forego this month? Where do we want to invest in our time and effort and money into I did that once I went back into the paid workforce, but that pause for me, the mistake I made was it was kind of a checkout. And I'm suggesting for the next generation, don't ever check out, check out whether you're in the paid workforce or not.
0: No, I agree because there's something so powerful of just being like attentive, of being keen on what's going on with your money. Whether, like you said, you've paused, maybe the money is less, whatever the case may be. There's just something so powerful in being attentive and that gives you that confidence. It instills that confidence to really make better decisions and better planning as well. So I definitely, definitely agree with that.
1: It's so true. I think it's so, I'm always so inspired by the women who are really on it and manage the family budget so tightly because that's empowering, right? Mm -hmm. You know, whether you're the earner or not to be empowered around owning, knowing what your finances are. I mean, I'll flip it the other way, and I've seen a number of my friends who just didn't pay attention, and then either they get divorced or their partner pet dies or, you know, he loses his job. And it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. It's the kind of, I don't, mean to be, I don't mean to be cavalier. They're blindsided by the realities, and I think that's not maybe the best way to be. I would encourage everyone to be oh. responsible. Absolutely.
0: And this is one of the reasons for this podcast (laughs) as well. One of the big reasons as well. Oh, I love that. And what would you say has been your proudest money moment?
1: When I paused my career, went back and made more that first year than I had. Yeah, that was to me kind of empowering when I actually went, yeah, see, it's that whole you're you're you the world's mythology. Around women who pause their careers and relaunch, and they're not making, you know, they're not going to have their same careers, not going to make as much. Absolutely not the case that I saw in my own career, and it certainly hasn't been the case for many of the women I've interviewed. Now, let me be clear. If you're out for a very long period of time, the women who were out for two, less than two years, had no problem getting back on track. Five years, still doable. Beyond five years, and certainly as close to 10 years, it's more challenging. And these are women who completely paused, right? You have to figure out, if you're out for 10 years, what does that look like? Now, you can be lucky, like Andrea Tremayev, and get in the right place and be making great money, but maybe that's not going to happen for you, and you have to be conscious of that.
0: Right, and I think and during those times where you take that pause, especially if it's for a length of time, there's stuff that you can just do, I mean, for yourself, and really kind of stay in tune, stay abreast of what's going on, and really really flexing that muscle for whatever career that you're doing. So I, I definitely think that's important.
1: Jen, I think that's really a key message that I would love to convey to your listeners. In Work, Pause, Thrive, what I saw for the women who are most successful, they never took their eye off their career, even if they mm. were out. So they kept their networks up. They still went to conferences. They still communicated with their previous colleagues. To them, their career, and they were very strategic about their choices. I interviewed one really wonderful woman, Atsuko Jenks, who was a leader in her town in terms of raising funds for the school. But she was smart about it because she chose that job so she could meet with CEOs and ask money of the CEOs. So the CEOs in the town, you know, or senior leaders in the town saw her as being very professional, etc. So when she went back to work, it was she had a network already Mm. that she could tap into. And I thought that was really smart, strategic. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Can't agree more. I love that. And this just has been wonderful. I could go on and on. So I appreciate you being here. I know you're feeling under the weather and you just (laughs) pressed through. So I really, really appreciate that. Now, this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish
1: this phrase? Her money matters because. I've been thinking about that. You suggested that question at the beginning and I've been thinking about it. And I still think this is what I would say. Her money matters because she's the heart and soul of her family. So, if she's going to champion her family, you got to pay her well.
0: Oh, I love that. (laughs) This has been fantastic. I really appreciate it. It's just been fantastic connecting. I can't express enough. Like I said, I could go on and on and on because that book, like, really, really, really captivated me. So, and and it is such an important message uh, that I know every listener that listens to this is going to really get a lot out of it. Oh, so, I appreciate you.
1: you. Mm, thank you. And you, you're the trailblazer. You're living. Oh, it. <laughs> thank you. So,
0: what did you think? Wasn't that just absolutely fabulous? Like I shared earlier. I just wanted to continue talking and asking her questions cuz it just really captured my attention. I was had aha moments. I learned so much just talking to Lisa. And so I hope you got as much value as I did. Now, for me, one of the bigger takeaways was being strategic when you are pausing for a career to really flexing that muscle. There's just so much good stuff. It was hard for me to choose, but I wanted to, just to choose one because I want, don't want to make this too long, because. Sometimes we, I've noticed like, f- for example, with some of my friends, they take that pause, if you will, and then that's it, right? There's the career that they have built or the things that they want to do. They don't pursue that anymore. They're just focused on their kids. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with focusing on your kids. The kids are our treasure. They're our heart. And of course, we want to do everything for them. What I'm saying though, is that it's this is about taking care of yourself. This is not about being a feminist. It's about taking care of your needs, your desires, your your dreams, because, and I'm going to tell you why I think this is so important. It's with doing this, you're going to become happier. And in turn, you're going to become that best version of you, which in turn has that domino effect, if you will, where you can be the best person for others. So by taking care of yourself, flexing those muscles, really continue to be engaged in your career in some aspect or another while you're taking that pause, it's really again, taking care of yourself so you can be happy and so you can continue to take care, good care of others. So it's really all about that. So I just wanted to really say that. I wanted to share that. I just wanted to share it because I feel so strongly about it. I am one that has been constantly working on taking care of myself more because I give and give and give to my family. But is something that I have taken upon myself. Obviously I'm doing this right. I've created this business. So it's something that has been important. But since doing so, it brings you a sense of accomplishment for you, for just you. And that is completely okay. You can accomplish things in taking care of others, but you also want to have those accomplishments for you. So I just, you know, that's just a side thing that I, I wanted to share with you. Now if you love the message that Leeson shared with you today. If you took a lot of value out of what she said, I encourage you to take a look at her book. Visit Leeson's website. You can find those links in the show notes of today's show notes, which is over at jenhempill.com forward slash 103. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it in whatever medium you feel best via a text to one friend, via social media, via email, however it is. If you're listening this on your phone, it's easy to do. Look for the share icon and you can do that. So it would mean the world to me if you do that. So that is is a wrap for today. I want to thank Leeson for joining us, for sharing all those golden nuggets with us today. Check out the show notes on where to find Leeson over at jenhempill.com forward slash 103. So thanks again for joining me and we'll chat again next Thursday.